0: Good morning. It is Tuesday, April 20th. You're listening to the college football daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Patrick Murphy of Bucknuts covering the Ohio state Buckeyes for 24 seven sports. Patrick just finished covering a spring game. We were talking about it before we went live. This is Ryan days third. We're embarking on his third season, but it's only his second spring. So this probably still feels pretty new to you, Pat.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, especially this time of year, we'd really only gone through it one time uh, his first year. And, you know, first year head coaches tend to be a bit more open and, you know, let the media around and then. As things progress, they tend to tighten up a little bit. This year was obviously very different than his first year, given still kind of the COVID stuff going on, but I'm still trying to feel out what a Ryan Day spring will be like once we get everything back to normal, how much access we'll end up getting.
0: You think he's tightening up a little bit? I know last year he was, they did not release numbers on the injury policy and, and COVID and anything like that. Is he Was he a little bit restricted this spring?
1: He was good. You know, it's all via Zoom calls. We finally got the last couple of weeks. We're able to go see a few parts of spring practice. So between myself, Dave Biddle and Steve Hellwagen we split up the three days we were allowed to go. And you don't see a ton. I mean, it's the first several periods that they work. But, you know, I think that's still probably more than we got under Urban Meyer towards the end. So you know, I think he's still good about certain things, but yeah, the injury stuff, all that, he keeps that pretty much under wraps.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Well, obviously we're here today to talk about Ohio State. We've been knocking through every single Power 5 school and a, group, a few group of five schools this off season here on the College Football Daily. If you fear you've missed an episode of us talking about your team, just make sure you go to Spotify and search for the playlist across the country with the College Football Daily. You'll see every episode we've done. So Patrick, my thing with Ohio State like reading all the post-spring game coverage and following you all on Twitter and going to your message board, it really feels like Ryan Day is insistent on making this a quarterback competition. When I look at it, I'm like, how is CJ Stroud not the surefire guy? So talk to me a little bit about the whole dynamic at play there.
1: You're not the only one who I think has that has that thought especially within the fan base i think it's it's a pretty poorly kept secret right now that at least cj stroud has an advantage um for to some degree i mean i mentioned we were able to go to three spring practices every time he was with the ones um, i'm sure they mix it up throughout practice and and get reps with everybody but everything we've understood is is he's got the lead in this race now you know just looking strictly at the game on Saturday I mean I think Stroud looked the part of Ohio State's quarterback at times he even looked Justin Fields-esque running some of the similar plays but Kyle McCord showed um, you know why he was a five-star prospect you know coming in as a as an early enrollee freshman Jack Miller looked good early kind of struggled after throwing interception and then kind of got it going again but yeah Stroud was just just consistent I had a couple off throws but for the most part looked the part for sure you know I think that Ryan Day, and and I'm sure this happens across the country, Feels like he needs to make sure he hangs on to these guys, right? You don't want a guy transferring after spring practice because he's announced a starting quarterback. And it also keeps CJ Stroud a little bit on his toes, not having been named a starter, you know, assuming that's what happens. So I th- I think there's a bit of the the playing the game for Ryan Day here. You know, he was very tight lipped on the quarterbacks throughout spring. Players we talked to always had kind of the same message that, you know, they're all doing well and they all could start. And and that may be true, but I still firmly believe CJ Stroud is going to be. The guy, and you know, nothing that I saw Saturday or or in the little bits of spring practice kind of swayed my opinion away from that at all.
0: Well, and you know this well too, the whole CJ Stroud thing is pretty interesting because he was part of that two quarterback class in 2020. Yeah. Jack Miller was committed long before CJ Stroud and at one point was the higher ranked recruit. And as he sort of dipped in the rankings, CJ Stroud rose and became the third five-star quarterback in those top two, four, seven rankings joining Bryce Young and DJ Uyangalele fellow Californians. And so I, I you almost wonder if Ryan Day is like, look, like, like CJ Stroud's my guy too, but Jack Miller like was was there from the beginning. Like the last thing I'm going to do is cast him out to be third wheel here, and as you said, potentially lose him as a transfer. But I kept I kept thinking back to okay, you know Jack Miller was the the OG 2020 quarterback commit. He very well might have already been surpassed by the uh, the the hot new commodity in that class that was CJ Stroud. But I guess I can appreciate that Ryan Day is still giving him a chance.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because. Jack Miller was the first quarterback Ryan Day really, really fully recruited. Once he got here, remember he was the quarterback's coach before he was head coach um, when he was under urban Meyer. And that was the first full class that he went out and and kind of handpicked the guy. So I think there's definitely a level of respect between these two. And and he doesn't want to just, you know, give the job away regardless of, you know, who it is, you know, and, and and I think that Jack Miller certainly has the talent. I mean, you mentioned kind of following the recruiting rankings, there were injuries involved there and whatnot. CJ Stroud just seems like he can do a little bit of everything and, you know, he, he can roll out and make throws, you know, it's, it's not as perfect as it was for Justin Fields. But like I said, he did a lot of things that just reminded me of Fields in that game. And the other two certainly had their moments. There just weren't as many of them. So yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely some sort of allegiance there, but Ryan Day going to play the best guy. And right now that looks like it's CJ Stroud. If another guy, you know, over the summer is able to, to close that gap, I firmly believe that this is still an open competition, but it just, you know, if I'm betting. I'm betting on C.J. Stroud right
0: Has the uh, Buckeye Media Corps started mulling over a scenario in which C.J. Stroud wins the job? Looks kind of okay in the next spring. You guys do this all over again with Quinn Ewers coming in?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, when you have a guy like Quinn (laughs) Ewers, I mean, I've even seen, you know, people on our message boards discussing, well, whichever quarterback wins this is only keeping the seat warm for for Quinn Ewers. And it's like, let's pump the brakes. You know, he's got to come in and, you know, win the job and, and everything. And Ohio state obviously has to keep him in the class. And I, I don't think that's going to be an issue, but uh, you know, it's a long way until signing day. So, you know, I, I, oh, I do hey, if you, that... you want to talk about that, we could do 20 minutes on that, but <laughs> don't get me going on that one. Yeah. But I do think that that is certainly something in the back of people's minds that, you know, you've got another five-star kid coming in, you know, Ohio state hasn't had this really some schools have, you know, I think back to kind of when USC was really, rolling and it was quarterback after quarterback obviously the transfer portal wasn't a thing then and we've seen it with with Clemson and Alabama and places like that you know and and Ryan Day showing that he's trying to manage that before we even get to to Quinn Ewers and you know they're they're already in the mix for guys in years beyond that so uh, you know this isn't going to change I mean if Ohio State's going to continue to recruit quarterbacks at an elite level they're going to continue to have these type of conversations anytime there is a there isn't an incumbent coming back.
0: So I look at the talent around whoever is going to be quarterback, the best receiving group in America, short-term and long-term, the number one running back in the class of 2021, Travion Henderson, I think looks the part. I think it's fair to say there's a sentiment of doesn't matter who wins the quarterback job. The Big Ten feels kind of down to me. I know Oregon comes to town that early in the season. That's going to be a lot of fun. And I wish we had had that game last year too. Yeah. Are you starting to see a team forming that you believe is going to be a beat you by 40 if we want to juggernaut.
1: I think so. You know, especially if the Big Ten, I agree with you. I think it's probably not going to be the strongest year for the Big Ten. You know, we'll see where Indiana is after a a really good season last year and the shortened year. If if they can, you know, stay at that level, then that's certainly a contender. I imagine Penn State will be better. You know, Michigan's obviously always in the rivalry game, but Ohio State just seems, and you just look at the recruiting rankings. You know, a step above some of these Big Ten teams. And just talking offensively, set the quarterback aside. I think whoever wins it can get the job done, but. The receivers that they have, I mean, I was watching on Saturday two freshman wide receivers and Emeka Gluka, the number one receiver in last year's class, Marvin Harrison Jr., whose dad is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, go out there and look like veterans um, with some of their route running and some of the catches they made. And that's the freshman class. Last year, Ohio State had an incredible receiving class come in, and those guys have hardly played. And then we get to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who obviously did very well last year. So there are weapons galore. And, and, you know, you touched on Travion Henderson. Evan Pryor's also in that class. Master Teague is back um, after kind of falling off behind Trey Sermon last year when he got hurt. So there's an embarrassment of riches on Ohio State's offense. And, you know, you saw this offense play pretty well last year with Justin Fields. Well, now these guys are a bit older. You've had some more guys. Yeah, I think it could be a a case of, you know, maybe not the Oregon game, maybe not one or two others. But for the most part, it seems like a team that's going to run through the Big Ten, you know, especially if they can get the defense playing at a similar level.
0: Yeah, run through the Big Ten, get back to the Big Ten title game. And then get back to the college football playoff. I don't think we've spoken since the Alabama game, Patrick. When you, you know, turned off the TV that night, you know, filed your game stories, you know, did all your few days of analysis, had a few days to think about it. What were your takeaways from this has to improve for this to not happen again? And do you think that whatever you think had to improve came any any uh made any progress this spring?
1: I mean, the pass defense was the most notable thing. The way Alabama was able to, you know, move guys around and just get whatever they wanted in the passing game and, you know, giving up 400-plus passing yards, not being able to hang with Alabama in that sense was the biggest thing, I think, for anyone who watched that game. And and give credit to Alabama. That was an offense with, you know, similar to what we were just saying about Ohio State, elite playmakers all over the place and, you know, really good scheme. But, yeah, the, the pass defense was an issue all year. And what Ohio State's approach has been so far, And I'm taking the the wait and see approach myself with it is that they didn't have enough time in the offseason with the way things went, very small amounts of spring practice, nothing really to do in the summer and then having the season canceled and then started again. The young cornerbacks, the young secondary in general, just didn't have the time to develop, to mature. Um, They didn't have the time to work with them like they wanted this year there's certainly been that time they've had a full off season thus far and it looks like everything is on track to continue that way based on what we saw in the spring game and you know it's tough to judge those type of things because those tend to be the spring game tends to be geared towards offense doing well but i thought that there was improvement not all of ohio state's cornerbacks play due to injuries and stuff but um you know it looked like technique wise coverage wise things were getting better but until we see it in a real game, I, I'm going to be skeptical about you know how much this defense has improved. I just I just need to see it. I, you know I saw them get exposed against Indiana. I saw them get exposed against Clemson. So it, it just needs to get better, and young guys need to prove they can do it. And I think the only way to really do that is in games.
0: I got one more personnel question for you. Then we're going to go big picture before we land this right. plane. The next Chase Young or uh, Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa is who? We've said Zach Harrison. Yeah. Former five star, I don't know, you know, if he's come on as quickly as we thought. And of course, last season was was weird for him. Is it still Zach Harrison, or are we going Jack Sawyer yet? The true freshman who had like three sacks in the spring game.
1: Yeah, four sacks. They just didn't four. count one for some reason. Yeah, uh, which would have tied an Ohio State single game record if this was a real game. Obviously, they were playing touch football with the quarterback, so it's a little bit easier. I just wrote about the hype train for for Jack Harrison, and I think it's real. Uh, sorry, Jack Sawyer. I think it's real. The kid just looks the part. Now he was going up against some second string offensive linemen. So, you know, he, he had a bit of an advantage, but this was the first time he was playing in any sort of real football game in over a year. He didn't play his senior year of high school at Pickerington North and comes out and just looks like he didn't miss a beat. Now I do think Zach Harrison's in for a good year. He's been the talk early on in Uh, spring practice, they said, you know, the, the, there was just kind of a flip that switched with him. His leadership is, is better. So, you know, I think it very well could be either of those guys, but I think if you're talking about Bosa's chase youngs, you're talking about a career, right? And with Zach Harrison, it was a good freshman year. It wasn't a good sophomore year for whatever reason, you know, maybe he has a great junior and senior year. If he decides to come back or just a great junior year and is able to go to the NFL, but Jack Sawyer seems like a guy who you look back on with those, those, those three years, like you did with the Bosa brothers and with chase young and you're like man he was he was an impact player from day one i don't want to build this hype train too big but he was really impressive on saturday um you know just some of the things he did technique uh some of the moves he had already in his toolbox you know it it just looks it reminds me a lot of some of those those other defensive ends we've mentioned
0: yeah no i'm glad you said that i think you're right too finally here patrick Ryan Day. Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the podcast, kind of coming into his own as an Ohio State head football coach, not just the interim guy or the, the young hot shot who might be trying to you know, prove that he's worthy of this job. He very clearly is. Do you see him now as having fully followed in, in Urban Meyer's footsteps and, and he's going to be there, there for a while? Uh, it, it feels like we're, we're probably past the point of the NFL flirtations being like a, a huge deal. You know, like he he proved his mettle. And he proved that he wants to stay in college football and you know he's been handsomely rewarded for it.
1: I think so. I think that the NFL may be something down the line. You know, obviously came to Ohio State from NFL jobs working under Chip Kelly, but he also worked in college before then. So the NFL may be something down the line that he's interested in. Obviously, rather young for an Ohio State head coach. So he has plenty of time to, to make that jump, but also, very happy with the situation in Columbus. Um, you know, you you talk to him, and you you can you can just tell he enjoys coaching this team. I think he really likes working with younger guys and seeing that development. That you know, it happens in the NFL, but a lot of times you get guys that are more ready-made. And so, you know, I think there's something to that to him. I think he enjoys the recruiting and, you know, thus far the the grind doesn't seem to have worn on him much at all. So I think he really likes it here. Obviously they're winning, continuing to pile talent as we've discussed at various positions. So, you know, the, the pressure I don't think is, is theirs. It might be at other programs. So yeah, I, I see him as a guy who will be here for quite a while you know I, I can't see anything flipping in terms of the school wanting to to get rid of him um and you know then it's up to him if, if he ever wants to make a move to the nfl but i don't see that being something anytime soon especially if the success continues at the level that it has you know through these first two years
0: yeah it's, it's very likely he's going to be a, a playoff coach for the third time in three years the buckeyes will open the season on thursday night of september 2nd at minnesota and then we'll host Oregon the following Saturday. And I can tell you, Patrick, it's very fun to be able to say all of that with a, uh, a an air of certainty in yeah. my voice. Um, follow yes. Patrick Murphy on Twitter at this. Oh, Patrick, here we go. Did you change this up? At underscore Pat underscore Murphy. I, uh, once again, he's the Ohio State beat writer for Bucknuts 24 7. We appreciate him joining us. Our producers, Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.